And this morning we are continuing our eight-part series on Created in God's Image Terrain based on the book by the same name by Jeff Newburn. And um, the whole series is about... Um, I just lost my train of thought for one second. Um, we're talking about who God created us to be and how to walk that out in life. So that's pretty foundational to our faith, right? And early on in the series, we talked about how we are royalty. And as we understand God to be, so we become, right? So it's super important that we know who God is so that then we can know who we are. We are made in his image, right? So um, what that means is that we've learned that he's given us the ability and the authority to rule over our thoughts, to grow in wisdom and knowledge, and to overcome by his power and strength, along with many, many more things. And so if you haven't listened to the first uh, six parts of the of the series. Go back and listen so you can hear all the things that he created us to do. Um, so recently, Lee and I, are, we we're getting to a point in life where we thought, it's time to set up a will or some kind of something for our children. And um, so we went and set up a living trust so that when we are gone, our children know what's theirs, and who gets what and all those kinds of things, right? Um, and because they are our sons, they will be the beneficiaries of everything that we own. Get ready, boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one that says Hudson, one says Cole, one says Horace. Um, not really. <laughs> so anyway, they will be the beneficiaries of everything we own, no matter how big or small. But even now, as our sons, they do enjoy the benefits of being our kids to some degree, right? And um, when Jesus came and died in our place and he rose again, he reconciled us to God. So we are the children of God. Just like those three boys are my children, we are God's children, right? Um, and as a result, we are God's heirs. It says in Romans 8, 14 to 17, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory, together with Christ. Okay, so because of Jesus, our inheritance includes everything that Jesus includes. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. That sounds almost crazy, right? That we would think that we get to have whatever Jesus has access to. But that's what the Bible says. So who are we to argue, right? <laughs> and when we first came to Christ, we began to enter into our inheritance as we received forgiveness of sins. Lee started to preach my message this morning, right before. <laughs> Isn't that funny how God works? 
So the thing he is speaking to him to pray about, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So you get a double dose. Um, but as we enter into Christ, we begin to receive the inheritance because we receive forgiveness of sins. And then we tend to think of the rest of it as heaven or eternal life. So when we die, we get to go be with the Lord. And that's amazing. We get to live forever. But not our inheritance is not just everything to come. It is also for the here and the now. Um, it's the now things that we don't always think of as our inheritance. So I want to highlight a couple of the biggest now things we have already inherited. The list is too long to talk about this morning in one message. It would take weeks and weeks and weeks to talk about what we've inherited in Christ. So I'm just going to highlight a few things. Okay, so first, through Jesus, we're not only forgiven, but we are delighted in. We are delighted in. So he enjoys us. And we don't always walk in this, or at least I don't. I don't know about you. I don't always feel like God is delighted in me. But he is. He is. And it's not dependent on what I do. It's dependent on the fact that I am his child. I delight in my sons, not because they're perfect, because they are not, but because they are my boys. So I delight in them, right? And this is how God feels about us. And we don't walk in that because we listen to the lies of the enemy. We listen to our own inner critic. And we let those things get so much louder than the creator of the universe who is speaking truth. Why do we do that? <laughs> and we're not only delighted in, but as our inheritance, we receive sonship or daughtership, if that's a word. Um, we belong to a father that not only accepts us, but he chooses us. He chooses us. When a child is adopted, it's because they're chosen. It's not because somebody goes, you know, when they go to adopt a child, I've never seen this happen, where somebody goes to adopt a child and they go, all right, come on. I mean, I got a room, right? No, they chose that child. They love that child, and they want them to be a part of their family, and they are a part of their family. They're just as much a part of their family as anybody born into the family, and that's you and me in the, in the family of God, right? Okay, so we, we get sonship. Our inheritance is also peace, and we know this, but we very often do not enter into it. We give way to doubt and fear because we don't remember who we are or who we belong to. And if we remember who we are and who we belong to, peace is pretty easy to come by. Uh, my kids, as far as I know, when they were little, they didn't lay in bed worrying about how we were going to pay the light bill. They just knew that mom and dad's got this. I don't even think they were thinking about the light bill, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, yeah, because they were always leaving the lights on. So then we know they weren't thinking about the light bill. But why? Because they felt secure. We can feel secure in Christ. Okay? Peace is our inheritance. Okay? Also, our inheritance is intimacy with God. It is a relationship that extends beyond 
he's my dad and I'm his daughter, right? We can actually have deep, intimate relationship with him if we enter into it, if we spend time with him. We can have that relationship with him. So I want to, there's just a few things. Those, those are big things though, right? That's a part of our inheritance. And I want to walk in all that God has for me. I want to walk in every single thing that Jesus came to give me. And I want you to walk in that as well. So we're going to talk more about how to do that this morning. But first, I'm going to pray one more time. Father, we thank you for you just being here this morning. We thank you for your goodness and and your presence that just, it's overwhelming. God, the way that you want to lavish your love on us. And Lord, I just pray that every heart would receive this morning and every mind would be renewed by your word. That you would make it come alive in us and that you would bring revelation truth to us that you would silence the lies, and that you would replace them with your truth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look in Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 1. Now, the Israelites have been wandering in the desert for 40 years to go into the promised land that God has promised to them. That's why it's called promised land. But it's an amazing land, okay? So we're going to pick up the story in in verse 1 of Joshua 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Okay, that was a lot. Here's what I want you to remember this morning. God has provided our inheritance, but we must claim it. Okay? A whole generation of Israel wandered for 40 years longing and wishing for the land that God promised them. And during those 40 years, Joshua was becoming everything that God had declared and promised that he would be. So when God commissioned Joshua, what did he do? He responded 
and he turned others' wishes into land. Others' wishes into the inheritance for generations to come. So, okay, what does that have to do with us? We often wish for peace. We wish for victory over certain areas of our life, right? We long for that unspeakable joy that the Bible talks about. And we wish for those things. We want those things. We wish we could have freedom over sin. We wish we could have victory over our attitudes or our moods or our thoughts. But we do. We're called to reign. All of those things that we wish we had, they are part of our inheritance. We just have to claim them. Okay, so Joshua, what he did is pursued the inheritance without backing down. But what made him different? Well, the answer's not in his circumstances, because those weren't so positive, right? The answer is found in his heart. So, how can we find, follow his example? The first thing is to find faith through intimacy. Okay, so Joshua le uh, learned to wait in God's presence. In, if you go back in the story in Exodus, we read that Moses would go into the tent of meeting to meet with the Lord. And the presence of God would hover over the entrance of the tent. And the Bible says that Moses would meet with God and God would talk to him face to face as to a friend. Wow, first of all. <laughs> Amazing. But what we sometimes miss, or at least I've missed it in this passage in the past, it says that Joshua would be there. Joshua was in the tent of meeting at the time because he was Moses' assistant. And the, the scripture actually says that when Moses would leave the tent, Joshua would remain. Joshua sat in God's presence. And what happens when we spend time in God's presence, which is the same thing as me spending time in Lee's presence, you're with the person. Like I was saying this morning, we're with the person, we're with God. What, what happens? Well, we, we come to know him, not just about him or who he is, but we come to know him, right? And that's what happened to Joshua. He came to know God. Remember, we talk about this all the time here that what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. And if you're not spending time in his presence, you're not going to know who he is, right? Um, Joshua's worldview was anchored in God and his promises. He wasn't swayed by what others said when they brought back negative reports about the land that they were going to take. He was not swayed by that. Nope, we're still moving forward, right? And he, it, they said it was improbable or maybe even impossible to take the land. But because his mind was continually renewed in God's presence, he was not swayed by that. That did not slow him down. At least it doesn't say that in the Bible. So faith operates out of relationship. We find our faith in intimacy with him. So, for example, if I didn't ever spend time with my husband, I wouldn't have a whole lot of faith in him, right? Because I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know his character, wouldn't know who he was, but because 
And when we got married, I had some faith in him. Of course, I had to have some faith in him to get married to him. But in this time that we've spent together and in our intimate relationship, I know him. Therefore, I can trust him. And even if, if that didn't happen, if I didn't know him, even if he was the most trustworthy person on the planet, would I trust him if I didn't know him? No, because I wouldn't know that, right? God is trustworthy. God is faithful. God will never let us down. But if we don't spend time with him, are we going to believe that? Is that going to be deep down in our spirits? Let me answer for you. No, it will not, okay? So when we limit ourselves and when we limit our possibilities, and when we believe that we can't or we won't fulfill all that God has for us, or when we believe that we can't change or all the things that, you know, pop up in our heads, it's a red flag that we need time with God. Because if we're spending time with him, those thoughts just go away in his presence, right? We know him and we know who he is, therefore we know who we are. Jesus said that he is the vine and we are the branches. And he said, apart from him, we can't do anything. But then he also says that with him, all things are possible. So it's about being with him. It's about knowing him and it's about spending time. It's about intimacy. It's about relationship. And that's part of our inheritance anyway that Jesus came to give. Okay, so next, exercise your faith to claim what is yours. So you're building faith through intimacy, and then you want to exercise that faith to claim what is yours. So in verse 3 in that passage that we read in Joshua 1, God tells Joshua, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. He already gave it to him. Joshua just needed to go put his foot on it and claim it. He has already given us peace, joy, freedom, right? He has already given us forgiveness, healing. We just need to claim it. Because if would you agree with me that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he paid for all of those things? Would you agree with me that that's true? That's true. If that's true, then all we have to do is claim them as ours, right? And we give way at times to doubt and fear. We question who we are. We question how God feels about us. We question if, is he not giving me this because of this? Or like, you know, we do that whole song and dance in our heads, right? Um, but this is when we must exercise our faith and claim the whole inheritance. So when we recognize that we're rehearsing lies, it's time to flip the script. And it is so easy to rehearse those lies, isn't it? It's so easy. But when we hear them, or, or we're listening to our own inner critic, that's time to remind ourselves of who we are and who we belong to. 
right? And how do we do that? Well, God also told Joshua to study the book of instruction continually and to meditate on it day and night. So if we do that, then we know what God says about us. We know what's true, and that's what we can rehearse. So when I'm having a day, and let me tell you, anytime, I don't know if this, I can't speak for you. Anytime I write a message, I, I kid you not, in the weeks prior when I'm meditate on it, meditating on it and I'm thinking about it and I'm planning it, that's going to be the area that I'm going to struggle in every time. And so I have to preach to myself. <laughs> but when there are those moments where I'm like, I just, these words came out of my mouth this week. I can't. I can't do it anymore. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, God reminded me of what I wrote. <laughs> I dang it. Okay. Flip the script. Flip the script. What is it? What am I supposed to say instead? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are my peace. You are my hope, right? All the things that he is, all the things he's made me to be. I'm created to reign. I'm more than a conqueror. So when I start saying I can't, that's when I need to start saying, no, no, I can because he lives inside me. And that's hard. It's hard. And it takes practice. And a lot of times when we begin to say those things, we don't believe them. But we have to continue to rehearse them until we do believe them because that's what we've done with the lies is we've rehearsed them until we believe them. And we've just accepted them as truth. And we have to flip the script, right? So I'm loved and accepted by God. He has purpose for me. I am free from anxiety. I'm free from sin. I am free from this addiction. We have to speak that. So if you were notified by a family member that you received, that someone, no, not notified by a family member, you're notified that a family member left you this beautiful country estate in their will. You'd be like, oh, okay. Would you have to be persuaded to go and look at it and claim it as your own? No way. You get the phone call, you'd be like, I will be there in an hour. <laughs> like, I want to see what I got. And would you go and look at all of it and then go, this is beautiful, but I'm just going to take this little spot right here. No, that's, you guys are supposed to be like, no, that's crazy, right? Come on, stay with me. That's crazy. But don't we do that with our inheritance from Christ? We go, okay, thank you. Like you said this morning, thank you for salvation. Thank you, God. And then out here is forgiveness and freedom and joy and peace. And we just go, that's okay. That's crazy. We have to claim what he has already given to us. So it's like, this was the example that came to me when God was kind of dealing with me about it. When we were talking about wishing for things. Um, it's like standing there. If I was standing there and... Um, Patty came up to me, and she had tacos from La Rancheria. And she said, I got you some tacos. And she put them on the table in front of me. 
And I said, man, I just wish I had some tacos. I really wish I had some tacos. She's like, they're right here. These are your tacos. I know, but I just really wish I had tacos. Take the tacos. Like, I wish I had peace. I wish I, had, I wish I could have joy. I wish I could walk in that. You can. Pick it up. <laughs> right? We have to pick it up. Pick up your tacos, whatever your tacos are. <laughs> You'll remember that. <laughs> okay, so finally, fight for your inheritance when struggle comes. Struggle will come like I had this week, right? Struggle will come. So you may believe that you're saved, that you're God's child, but do you believe that you can be close to God? Do you believe that you can be holy? Do you believe that he is for you? Sometimes we believe that God is with us, but we don't always believe that he is for us. Do you believe that? Because his word is for you as much as if he came and stood in front of you personally and gave it to you. Right out of his mouth like he did with Moses. And you, all you have to do is receive it. Receive your tacos. That's all you got to do. Right? You are not an exception. No one child of God has a greater inheritance than any other. So you can't look across the room and go, well, Bethany always hears from God because God favors her, and I just couldn't ever have that kind of relationship. I, I don't think he would ever speak to me like that. He wants to, right? He wants to talk to all of us. No one child of God has a greater inheritance than another. We just don't have, we don't always walk in them because we don't claim them. If you want to hear from God more, what do you got to do? Spend time and listen to him. Exactly. He wants to talk to you. And don't doubt when he does. <laughs> when he does speak to you and then we go, oh, I don't know if that's him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's talking to you. So, we decide, we like to decide that we're not worthy. We like to decide that we're not as good as so-and-so. We haven't been walking with God as long as so-and-so. We, have, we don't spend as much time in prayer. We don't, whatever, whatever, whatever. But God is not with us because we're good. <laughs> Thank him for that. God is not with us because we have look at me, enough faith. God is with us because he has committed himself irrevocably to us. Let me say that again. God is with you because he has committed himself irrevocably to you for no other reason. Stop saying you're not good enough. None of us are. That's why Jesus came. And because of Jesus, you are good enough. Because he lives inside you. 
So the Israelites at one point, when they went to scout out the land, there was a group of them that went to scout out the promised land, see how they were going to, let's go see what's going to happen. How are we going to take this land? And all of the spies that came back, except for Joshua and Caleb, were very negative. <laughs> and what they said was, because they saw what they described as giants in the land, and they said that they saw themselves, we're like grasshoppers compared to them. So in other words, you know, we're going to go over there and we're going to get stomped. But Joshua and Caleb refused to, to see it that way. But because the Israelites saw themselves as grasshoppers, it made them afraid to claim the land that God said, go get that. That's yours. That, that over there, you go get that. I've given it to you already. Remember the tacos? <laughs> and they're going, no, 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 we can't. Because look at us. But when we look at us, no, you're right, we can't. But when we look at God inside of us, we look at the Spirit of God inside of us, then yes, we can. You guys are not as excited about that as you need to be. <laughs> Seriously, this is life-giving. At least it has been for me this past week because I have to had to do this a lot. God called them to possess the land and reign, and that's what he has called you to. Not just me, you, each one of you. So know your authority in Christ. You are royalty. You are his. He is with you. Three times in that passage we read what? God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why? And God even commanded it. He didn't just suggest, okay, you know, you should probably try to be courageous. He commanded it, be strong and courageous. And God could say that because he knew he was going to give Joshua everything that he needed. Right? And God was with him. God was for him. And God would never leave him. So that's why he could be strong and courageous. And the same is true for you. So stop disqualifying yourself. God's promises are the same for you. Fight for your inheritance. Don't receive those ideas when, we come, when they come into your head. Take them captive to the obedience of Christ, like the Bible says, right? Take our thoughts captive. What does that mean? When a thought comes in, we're like, hmm, that doesn't sound like truth. You replace it with truth. Re and when we do that, we can receive the fullness of what Jesus came to give. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to feel things sometimes. And that doesn't mean we're not going to be real about what we feel. Because our feelings can be good indicators to us of, of things going on. And we've talked about that a lot. So you guys know how we feel about that. I'm not saying that you should ignore your feelings or never pay attention to your emotions. But I am saying this. Sometimes our emotions just are looking for ways to be fed, especially our negative emotions, right? And um, an author I like, John Acuff, he says, he says, go ahead and throw a pity party, but let it be the shortest pity party ever. <laughs> just feel your feels, <laughs> bring them to God, but don't sit in them. 
because we have to remember the truth, right? That's what we're called to walk in um, because our inheritance is not just in the life to come. It is in the now. Our inheritance is meant to be lived now. I want to read to you this description as we close this description of the land that Israel inherited from God. So really listen to this and the parallels that this has for us. Okay, so the country into which Israel entered was of a very choice kind. Travelers in Palestine tell us that it is the world condensed. Within that narrow strip of territory, you get plains and hills, frosts of winter and heats of summer, with products both of the semi-tropical and temperate zones. Palestine is the whole earth in miniature, and all the advantages of all lands are gathered into it. It was, in Joshua's days, a place of extreme fertility, a land that flowed with milk and honey. We've heard that. But that was not all. While it was fertile on the surface, it was rich underneath. It was a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. The useful metals were near at hand and every other convenience. Besides being fertile and wealthy, it was prepared for immediate habitation. So the tribes didn't have to build houses. They inhabited what others had built. They didn't have to plant vineyards, but they got to eat the fruit of former labors. All things were waiting for the true heirs of the land. And when we come to Christ, we are brought into a wealthy place, right? Sin is driven out. We receive forgiveness of sin, and we come to live in God's land where we find precious treasure. And we have all things in Christ. All things. All things. 100% of everything that we might need. He's, and as Jesus has gone to heaven to prepare a place for us, he has on earth already prepared within the covenant of grace everything that we need for the way home. Everything. Why don't we take possession of the land that he has given us? Right? So I want us to ask ourselves a couple questions this morning. And I want you to let the Holy Spirit help you answer these. <clears throat> First, <clears throat> in what areas am I limiting myself and my possibilities? Where am I saying I can't? And next, what part of my inheritance do I need to begin fighting for? Or in other words, what am I wishing for? that I just need a claim. Sometimes that claiming is an everyday thing. Right? But that's more for our benefit than it is, you know, a reality. Because we already have it. And we have access to it. But that claiming is for us. And I just feel like God just... His heart for you is to experience the fullness of all that he came to give. Like Lee was praying, there's so much that he has for us. 
So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you. God, I know that I need more of you. And I know that I need to claim all that you have come to give me. And God, I'm sure I'm not the only one here this morning. So Lord, I ask that you come and help us to flip the script, God, that you would help us to speak truth to our own hearts. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to see ourselves the way that you see us, with Christ in us. Jesus, you're the hope of glory, and you live on the inside of us. I feel like um, maybe there's people here this morning that you really are, you struggle with the idea of saying that, how do I word it? Hmm. Having all things you feel like you struggle with not needing to work for them. That's the best way I can put it. That it's your feeling it needs to be based on your merit or on your, your works. You, that's not how you would word it, but that's how you walk it. And when you're not acting in a way that you feel like or behaving or thinking in a way that you feel like is what God, you know, if you mess up or you, whatever, you're not doing everything just so, then you don't have a right to claim your inheritance. And God would say that, again, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. It has nothing to do with you. Take yourself out of the equation it's all him. It's all him. So I just want to pray for you if that's you right now. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would bring freedom and release for those who um, are caught in that, that feeling of um, needing to be a certain way or do certain things or live a certain way or be just so in order to please you and in order to claim what you have brought for them. Lord, would you show us that it's all about you. Jesus, what you did on the cross is enough. 
There is nothing that we can do to make you love us more. There's nothing that we can do to make you love us less. You paid it all. So, Lord, I just ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to receive everything that you came to give us.